it's a little after 10 on a Thursday night and I'm closing out another 80 hour work week. For those that don't know, I do equity work. Specifically, I'm an educational equity. I lead a dynamic ass team that works for all children having access to an equitable education. What I was going to talk about seems to not matter because I think it's more important to share what's on my heart because that's the entire purpose behind what I'm doing. There's really no agenda here, so I go with the flow and adjust as necessary. And I'll get to the other shit in another episode. I've been replaying an excerpt from Beloved by Toni Morrison in my head for the last month or so. Mostly because the last lines have grounded me in my charge to give myself permission to give myself some grace. The excerpt reads as follows. In the silence that followed, Baby Suggs, Holy, offered up to them her great big heart. She did not tell them to clean up their lives or to go and sin no more. She did not tell them that they were the blessed of the earth, its inheriting meek, or its glory bound pure. She told them that the only grace they could have was the grace they could imagine. That if they could not see it, then they could not have it. This voice memo is a moment of total disruption. It's meant to clear a path for myself. I'm on a journey to a I'm on a journey to granting myself the grace that I can't imagine. I told you. I'm not really trying to ease my load with this one. I just want to put the truth out in the open to release myself from carrying shit that doesn't belong to me. There's an incredible amount of dissonance that's created when we speak about what we've done, but leverage minimal responsibility. I own parts in what I'm about to share. The truth transcends any given moment in time, even this one. So there's no hiding it or pretending that something didn't happen. My aim is to push towards confronting the bullshit so that I can operate in a way that's a new source of self-regard. Black women often shoulder the burden, take the blame, and assume fault for shit that belongs to other people. And here's where I dismantle this structure. It feels necessary beyond reflection to make concrete plans to be aware of and protective over who I am and who I want to be. People will jump through hoops to defend a narrative that they know is a lie when their identity is bound to it. Most of us don't know our identities outside of trauma bonds, struggle or oppression. And that is why this voice memo is on walking away from friendships, setting intentions and giving yourself grace because I can 100% tell you that I was a hoop jumper defending a narrative about myself that never belonged to me. And I'm still trying to reconcile what this means, but here goes. I think I walked through life with scars earned through living in a white dominant culture in which false assumptions and biases about the color of my skin, the texture of my hair, and my gender have made it into the room before me. I said, I think I walked through. No, I actually know I walked through life like that. And I've assimilated to fit in and and I've decreased myself in both my professional and my personal life in ways that only black women can understand. 
I've made money that I didn't get to spend because white store associates would follow me around the store or blatantly not assist me. I moved out of my luxury home because my white neighbors could not understand how a black woman could afford it. And it took me a lot of time, courage and strength for me to realize and accept what it meant to be a black woman born and raised in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. The scars I wear proudly prove my resilience. I am often professionally challenged by the intricacies of our nation and how systems of oppression and their conceptual design have kept and continue to keep people of color, namely black women, from living their best lives. I spend every day ensuring that I and those on my team lift as we climb. And I believe that we have to prepare children to break cycles, achieve and take their rightful places as leaders in today's changing society, that they shouldn't have to wait until tomorrow to have a seat at a table that I had no clue existed until I was 25. And y'all, I will strive relentlessly and persistently until this is true, because I know that we are more than our scars. And every day. I intentionally spend time gaining perspective and building relationships with people, regardless of which side of an issue they may sit on. This gives me opportunities to gain enough insight um, to make informed and meaningful decisions. It is clear to me that in many places and many spaces that I am often the only woman, the only person of color and or the only voice under 40, which means I'm always present because anything less is unacceptable. And I am tired. Quite frankly, I'm exhausted. The exhaustion hit me like a wave today. Like I found myself leaving a meeting, sitting on the edge of my bed. And then the next thing I knew I was asleep for like three hours. And I think it's because and I keep saying I think, but I know it's because I've navigated spaces that seem to be marked in red tape and it's only to find that my friends and my family have taken issue with how I was moving. And tonight I'm going to really think and like hone in on my friendships. You know, I like to say that I'm a very good friend. I find myself to be solid. Ten toes down, I'll ride with you. I'll lurk outside a nigga house with you. And I'll keep your secrets. Much to my own downfall, the labels that are attached to me, such as difficult, bitch, so nasty, so rude, and anything between are often because I have let friends, and I'm putting that in air quotes, keep their names clean because I have not been afraid to get dirty. See, the The work of equity and getting um, liberation for children is dirty work. And so folks really don't be fucking with me. They they be trying to see how far they going to go. I'm going to let them go and how far I let them ride. And in the last year alone, I had to let almost everybody off the ride. I had one friend in particular who was cheating on his fiance and he damn near got caught. He called himself getting mad at me, flipping the switch and gaslighting me because, of course, it had to be me who told her. 
And as much as I would like to take responsibility for calling baby girl and telling her that her nigga was out in the streets, I couldn't. Why? Because friendship. Because he'd been my friend since high school. And when he was in the streets, my ass was out there with him. And our relationship was full of toxic energy, secrets, and a past that we do not talk about. But when I tell you, he called me to ask if I told her. And when I said no, that man went from, Britt, I think I fucked up, to Britt, who did you tell? Mind you, I don't give a fuck one way or another because I got my own dirt. And coming clean about him was never something on my to-do list. The friendship, it took a huge turn when I realized that a month had passed and we hadn't spoken. So I reached out. He held silence in a way that cut deep. He's naturally spiteful anyway, and he can hold grudges. But it had mostly never been directed towards me, so I let it ride. That nigga hit me with, when folks said shit about you, I was like, nah, not Brit Brat. When folks called you a bitch, I was like, nah, not Brit Brat. And every line he hit, he ended with, nah, not Brit Brat. And while he went in on me for about 15 minutes taking jabs, Accusing me of betraying our 15-year friendship. Calling me all types of hoes under his breath. I poured myself a drink. And I followed it with the deepest of sighs. I knew that it was over for us. Not because he couldn't face his own demons. because, But because I... I realized that I had enabled this shit to go on and this was now my punishment. I was getting back everything I ignored, everything I laughed about, and everything I pretended to not know. This friendship, one of the longest I've had, was officially over and nothing I could tell him would change that. Long after the phone call ended, I replayed the last three years in my head. Three years of silence I had when I could have said something but decided not to. I played three years of me saying, well, if you would have said this then, or maybe you had to say it to her. I even thought about an incident when me and her had gotten into it and she had got on Facebook and I had the opportunity to like light that bitch on fire, not like, her, is it her being a bitch, but like, like Facebook on fire. And I didn't say shit. I just, you know, I, I mean, him kept it in the text. And so our friendship was over because it was childish. We had grown older, but we had also grown apart because accountability was missing. For the record, it wasn't me. I didn't tell her and I didn't tell anybody about it. Again, if I was going to say some shit to her, I would have done it. Well, I wouldn't have done it on the phone in the middle of the night because I think it was like a middle of the night phone call or some shit to her. Um, and I would have brought, I probably, hmm, I'm trying to, let me get myself together. I probably would have just 
brought the other woman to the wedding as my plus one. Um, <laughs> that's petty. <laughs> Better yet, I think I probably would have just sent her the years and years of text messages that iCloud, it won't let me delete. Me calling someone to ruin their day just isn't my style. I am busy all damn day, every day, and have been for the last 10 years. I look, you know, I like to look people in the eye when I burn that shit down. And I'll tell you exactly why I'm doing it. At any rate, it's taken me a while to grieve that friendship. To grieve him and to let go of any types of reconciliation of the pieces that are now all over the place. Going into details and then rehashing it all out over voice notes seems to like waste a lot of time when we both are cleaning up the messes we made in our 20s. And my therapist has heard thousands of dollars worth of tears about him and us and our friendship. I wish him luck and love. And I pray that one day he chooses himself over anybody else so that he doesn't have to continually misplace his anger or go trying to find out who he wants to be when he made that decision years ago. So I wish my friend freedom. Everything has an expiration date and nothing lasts forever. That includes our bodies. Time is moving swiftly. And so our journeys on this earth mustn't be in vain. This can't all be for nothing. I have to remind myself what I tell my team when signs point to a near end. Investment of time and energy is not enough to deal with disrespect. So you can go when you're dismissed or you can go when you please. You can go in peace with certainty that you tried to make it work and knowing it's okay to just let it be. I don't think most people have bad intentions. Folks will folks will to do good. To do the right thing, to say the right thing. And it's that same will that gets most of us in situations that we shouldn't be in from jump. A part of growing is sitting in discomfort and taking a glimpse in the mirror and windows to see your soul, your current self and your future. And when you can stand in others' expectations, opinions, and disappointments of you and keep your head high while moving forward, you are on a path to liberation. Quote me on that. I was sitting across from my therapist last fall for our final session before moving to D.C. when she asked me what I wanted people to know. I looked at her like she was crazy because I was like, people? What people? I wasn't about to waste my last in-person hour talking about people when I had a cross-country move, a failed relationship, ruined friendship, and a whole lot of wonderings popping up in my brain. I didn't want to talk about people because I was moving across the country to get away and I was moving to remind myself of who the fuck I was. Move like people like, girl, what? And she did not relent. She gave me the nicest smile, shifted in that seat and said, Brittany, what do you want people to know about you? What I told her, she wrote down and she gifted to me on the way out the door. It's been taped on my laptop since. It says, 
I've danced outside during a hurricane, unbothered, unprovoked, and unloosed. I danced in a hurricane, genuinely happy to be me, and unafraid of an impending storm. I'm not seeking acceptance, I'm seeking freedom. To those who told me to humble myself because my success reminded them of their failures, bye. And I want us to remember that the story we tell ourselves and we tell others about the impact of our actions, no matter how good the intentions may have been, are what they are. The only grace you receive is the grace you can imagine. And I imagine so much grace for myself because there's no handbook to life. We're all just trying to figure this shit out. And we're trying to figure it out on limited time with borrowed resources. Some of us not even with a fraction of dignity because you don't have it or you can't get it because of where you are in this world and how people see you. And so I've had to make peace. Yeah, I think that's peace that I think I've made I've made peace with. The fact to the fact that to some I'm a sinner and to others I'm a saint. And what I know for sure is that I'm somewhere between righteous and perverse. And I'm on this journey to getting this right before Josephine, Preston, and Henry grow up one day to resent me. My purpose is to clear a path for others, but especially for myself, because black women deserve to walk through this earth in glory, in honor, and in their truths, whatever they may be.